Hello, welcome to People Who Are Politicians. I'm your host, Matt Antonelli. And the episode you're about to listen to features Councillor Jeff McDonald from the Toowoomba Regional Council. He's the third Toowoomba councillor that you would have heard, so the others being Nancy Seinfeld and James O'Shea. So if you haven't heard them, um, I would check them out as well. Uh, I'll keep this intro pretty brief because we've already heard about Toowoomba in those episodes. So it, it is quite a large council area. Um, it's an amalgamated uh, council from previous little shires that also surround Toowoomba. So it doesn't just cover sort of the immediate Toowoomba re- area. It's quite a large regional council. So uh, and, and it was really good to talk to Jeff about his perspective of not just uh, the council and what the work that they do, but... Uh, also, what a politician should be, and uh, what his perspective on, you know, uh, what politicians do, and um, the things he wants to achieve as well. So, uh, I will just point out. Uh, um, you'll probably tell, but in these episodes in Dumba, I had a I had a bit of a cold, so you'll hear a couple of times in this episode where I take a drink. So, apologies. There was a a major coughing fit, which I have edited out which you probably didn't want to hear anyway. So, perfect. Um, So I hope you enjoy the episode. If you do, could you please rate and uh, share it and subscribe to the podcast, all those things. Um, I'll put all all those links for those things below in the episode description. I'll also put some information about Toowoomba and sort of the things that are happening in Toowoomba and uh, also where you can find Jeff McDonald and uh, where you can follow the council and follow the work that they are doing in Toowoomba. So uh, I hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you. Hello, welcome to People Who Are Politicians. Um, I'm your host, Matt Antonelli, and I'm joined by uh, Councillor Jeff McDonald for Toowoomba Council. How are you? Toowoomba Regional Council. Good, Matt. Thank you. Where did your interest in politics start? So. Yeah, look, I, I probably view things a little differently for right or wrong. Um, I, I actually don't think local government is politics, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's because party politics doesn't play a role in, in our local government. It does certainly in Brisbane. Um, but politicians are, in my eyes, more where there are party politics at bay to make decisions. And you, you form a party or you're part of a party to actually do that. Local government's not like that. You're an individual representing all of the people, all the constituents that you have. So um, as far as joining local government, um, really didn't have a great deal of interest, to be honest. And uh, from a political sense of things, had no real interest from a state or federal uh, political sphere either. What got me interested, though, in local issues was uh, being president of the local Toowoomba Chamber of Commerce uh, for four years from... um, 2008 to 2012 before being elected to council and being a local business owner um, having been around now for 117 years Hmm. um, we've seen a lot of transition in our business and certainly in the business landscape so that was um, being on the chamber of commerce being the president of that obviously gave me an exposure to a lot more things than i hadn't in the past and certainly elevated my profile um, to a point where it was a constant stream of questions from community members as to, you know, would you like to, can you run for council, can you run for state, or can you run for federal, can you do this and do that? That wasn't the reason. The reason was because I see a sense of, um, I guess, 
a, a, a community needs to support itself. And from my perspective as an individual, I need to give to my community. Um, I, I do that in various things throughout the year, but the, the, the best or the strongest influence I could have would be on a local council because it's the council that's closest to the people. Yep. So that was my drive and motivation. So it would have been only probably six months outside of the local government elections in 2008 that I made that decision. Right. Sorry, 2012, 2012 yeah. that I made that decision. So then do you find some of the more uh, political parts of your job then frustrating? Is there anything that in your job that you find frustrating? And if, if your focus is to serve the community, obviously there's still certain political hoops you have to jump through. So is there other things that frustrate you yeah, in that sense? I think the critical thing for local government is that we have four-year terms. State government will have four-year terms. Federal government have three-year terms. Three years is not a long time mm -hmm. um, in anyone's life. Three years is a long time. So if there's changes in governments from state and federal, if there's changes in those governments over the time, it makes it really hard for local governments to get cut through. So local governments critically have to be apolitical and they have to make sure that whoever's in politics, whoever's in in government at the time, they work closely with yep. and remove party politics out of it. Unfortunately, what we see <coughs> and we've seen in, in local jurisdictions is that um, pork, pork barrelling is probably the one thing that people um, most resonate with when you see an election and all of a sudden there's money being spent in a particular area. That, yep. that, is, that frustrates me. Politics at play in state and federal election times when pork barrelling, and there's no other way for it, occurs to get votes. Yeah. Instead of looking at the broader economic or the broader need right across our, our nation or our state, that is very difficult because you have three-year terms or four-year terms, whether it's federal or state, and everyone who's in there, by and large, will do what they can to get re-elected. Yeah. So there's promises, there's this, that and the other, whereas it should be, people should be elected to those positions for all of the state, for all of the nation. As local government, we should be elected for all of the region we represent. Yeah. So it is a frustration for me that we see that. How we break that down, I don't know, because um, people get re-elected on promises, they get re-elected on what they deliver, and if things aren't being delivered in a certain area, that, that uh, politician will struggle to get re-elected or yeah. get, get put in. So that's a fundamental flaw in our political system. And do you think the the way that Toowoomba Council set up with it, it's not in a divided region, so you're not divided into wards or anything? Yeah, we don't have divisions, yeah. Do you think that's a, a benefit to your council then? That way you can, you're representing on a, in a portfolio area and focus on that for the whole region as, as opposed to a particular ward or division? Yeah, look, I, I think ideally what you need is representation of individuals mm -hmm. right across the region. Now, that's very difficult because of the sheer numbers of populations in those areas to get those people elected. Yeah. The same would happen if we were to split in divisions because it comes on population. So Toowoomba would be split into four, maybe five areas, and each of those areas would have parts of the smaller townships. So it would be really, it, you'd still have the same issue of what we have. And you hear horror stories about divisions and 
you know, how one can work against the other and, and it, it falls apart. Mm. What we do need is clear communication lines between elected representatives and the community so that we can demonstrate, demonstrate what we're doing mm-hmm. and we can deliver on what we say we'll do. And if we do that, there is no reason for a community to say we need someone, an individual elected in our main street of mm. our township. It should be getting done, what, what we agree on. So how do you then um, build that so that people can get their voice across as opposed to a politician just trying to get re-elected? Yeah, look, I, I, I give this a fair bit of thought. In fact, it's probably one thing that keeps me up at night is to try and work out how best local governments actually demonstrate and sell what they do for an individual or for a community. We don't do it well. In fact, we very rarely do it. We said we don't celebrate our successes for communities. So infrastructure spend that would never have happened under a de-amalgamated council, for instance. Um, you know, the catch-up work that's needed because infrastructure wasn't done or wasn't done properly is, is across our townships. No fault of the individuals that are, that are there and even those that were, were in those positions at the time may not have known any different. So we need, whether it's uh, better communication, better advertising, better promotion of what we do, but we also need to empower local communities. And by that I mean you, you can have chambers of commerce in different areas and, and they do a great job. That's my background and I don't know fairly intimately. But that's only one element of the community. You have a whole lot of other community members that may have differing views for that. So we could go right back to when there were area consultative committees, ACCs, where you actually had a group of people in a community that would meet on a regular, semi-regular basis, might be quarterly, um, might be twice a year, but they meet. And they look at issues that could uh, be benefited from a council that's receiving their feedback and acting on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do an annual, annual budget each year. We start to look at our capital works in October for each year. So ideally, you'd want local community reference groups meeting before the capital work starts to be put together, which is about September, and then you'd meet again to assess what was done in around about March, yeah. June, July, March or June before the end of the financial year. So those t- are two critical points. But what you need from a, a local council is, is being able to deliver on things that you agree on. So if that area consultative committee of XYZ Township, mm-hmm. they come together with a plan that this is what we need for our council. Council then go away, do the work on it. We say, well, actually, of those things, we can deliver this in 1890, we can deliver this in 1920. This isn't actually on the horizon for another 10 years. You have an agreement with that community and our annual budget is an agreement for our community. What we're putting in our budget is something that said we're going to do, we need to deliver that in that budget period. So for this time, 18, 19 year. If we don't deliver it in that time, there's gotta be good reasons why. And it could be weather, it could be a number of things. But we need to be able to go hand on heart to our community before the end of the financial year and say, this was delivered, we said that. Mm. Now you're going to meet again in, in August or September. Start to think about what what you think you need for the community going forward. Yeah. So, um, in summary, strong communication from council outward and strong communication inward into council. So having those sort of uh, 
yeah, just committees. Consultative, and, um, consultative yeah. committees for the use of a better term. Yarram will have a little group together, and, and they're not without challenges because I, you can't have a, you know two thousand people on an area consultative committee. It needs to be reflective of that community. So that almost needs to be an election, if you like, of people in that community to, to actually do things. With a resource from council, it could be uh, the community liaison officer or the community development officer who acts as a secretariat for that for that meeting. So that's taken off them, so they don't have to worry about that side of it. It's it's not a formal group, as in it's not a registered company. It's just an area consultative committee to council. Yeah. Um, so that to me is is a better way of it's a better it's a surer way of making sure the community in those townships are heard rather than saying. Uh, let's get divisions happening so that we, because you're never going to get you're never going to get consensus there. And so, when you're working with fellow councillors, what's that relationship like with in council chambers between the councillors themselves? Is it? Yeah, look, I have to say it would probably would have been challenging from a former mayor or deputy mayor or even a councillor from the other smaller townships coming into a bigger amalgamated council yeah. and not having some interest in their own patch. They need to. That's natural. You do, it's instinct. What it can do, though, is it can work against you because you can sometimes be saying, oh, well, you know, that's my area. I've, you know, I've got to be careful how much I push that because I'm actually a counsellor for everyone. Yeah. And sometimes that can be to the detriment. So there needs to be an understanding and, a, and, a, and almost like an unwritten rule that says you are elected to Toowoomba Regional Council and you represent all of the The whole community. region. Yeah. Um, what about... That region. What are some of the apart from the communication between council and communities? What are some of the challenges that you face delivering for your community of Toowoomba? Yeah, I think a discussion around service service delivery and standards of service are a challenge for local government. We seem to be, and we're not alone. We seem local government seems to be handed what sometimes is seen as a good offer or opportunity from state or federal government and we act on it and go ahead with it but in actual fact the longer term view means that it's actually more work for us to do so we need to be kept cautious of what we do we also need to understand the community's um, standard of service that they expect and what council can deliver for a price that we have the revenue stream that we've got what can we deliver for that can we, can we deliver grass that's four inches high, two inches high? Can we mow twice a week? Can we mow once a month? So we need to understand that in the community. And somewhere somewhere there, there's a there's common ground. Yeah. So standards of service and service delivery are two key issues for councils. And what about uh, some successes of your career so far as a councillor? What are some things that you have other... I've been proud to get done in the area or something you've been a part of that you just enjoy being part of in council? Yeah, look, this council, Toowoomba Regional Council, is undoubtedly the go-ahead council. You know, if you if you look at other other things that have happened around the state and in the nation, our growth, you know, over 6.5%, you know, for, for the last financial year, our growth, our economic drivers, which are split across health, education, Retail, manufacturing, agriculture, um, tourism. There, this we've got such a diverse range. So, the successes have flowed from private enterprise, knowing and having confidence in our community. 
the airport's a perfect example of that. Without without the two hundred million dollar investment from a private family to build an airport, first one since Tullamarine, um, that that sort of level of investment has been fantastic for our region. Um, I had very little, if nothing, to do with that, other than the council decisions that that got it through. But that is has been the kickstart, I guess, for so much other investment because of the positivity around it. You know, the increase in food outlets in, in accommodation houses that have cropped up, the data centre now that, that's being built, um, Interlink, SQ, Intermodal. There's a whole lot of stuff that you could almost draw back to that top moment in time, 2014, when that first flight took, took place from Toowoomba to Sydney. That, to me, was, was like a shot in the arm, the kickstart for our region. Um, that's probably the number one thing, and that's a generational change, to be fair. Yeah. Um, little, smaller things that I've, I personally have been involved in that I'm, I'm pretty proud of to be part of. Um, we are a refugee welcome zone. You know, that, was, that was, once again, 2014, not long after I, I was elected. Um, you know, and I think that's great from a humanitarian perspective. I think our nation probably, um, you know, we, we, we welcome a lot of migrants here, refugees. Um, it's okay to do that, but we need to be able to support them. And we've got a great network to do that. Uh, I chair a group called Safer Toowoomba Regional Partnerships, and only a couple of months ago, the region was designated as a safe community, only one of seven in Australia. So that was, that was a, a bit of a milestone. I've got a pretty fortunate portfolio because I've, I have community development, I have um, tourism and events, uh, I have facilities such so as swimming pools and cemeteries, and property services, which is the buying, selling of land and, and assets, basically. So, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff that happened in, in my area that gets quite a reasonable amount of publicity because of what it is. It's, mm. You can see it, you can feel it, you can touch it. Um, the Carnival of Flowers being, um, you know, receiving the, the top gold in Australia for two years in a row, Australia Tourism Major Event Festival, beating the likes of the Melbourne mm. Grand Prix, you know, that's massive for us. So, you know, although I'm, I'm, I'm probably the, the the face, I guess, of that within the council's perspective, uh, there's a whole, well, not a whole lot of people, there's three in an office that, that actually look after it and a whole lot of community people yeah. that over 67 years have helped that get to that stage. Um, so that, for me, shows a community working together to promote our region, not just for 10 days of the year, but all year round. Yeah, so coming to those uh, events like that, what are some things that people should come visit Toowoomba for? So why should people come and visit Toowoomba? Uh, you can visit Toowoomba any time of the year. Um, one thing we, we probably celebrate um, not enough, and we're celebrating it now, is winter. We've got our winter wonderland with the skating rink in full swing mm-hmm. until the 15th <laughs> of July. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's, we've, we've done winter wonderland over three weeks. I'm pretty proud of that, I have to say, as well, because that was a, a bit of a dream about five years ago to do this sort of thing, and we've got the perfect venue for it in our Civic Square, which wasn't there five years ago. Uh, we've got a, a motivated community development team that, that have seen this opportunity and done it. Um, that's a great one. But but look, you, you come to Tom any time of the year, whether you're a bushwalker, a bird watcher, a... You know, I come uh, here a lot for the bushwalking. <laughs> a, a, a mountain biker. <laughs> yeah. um, you've got all those things. But then we have great history as well. Uh, and no greater example than Cobb Co Museum with all of the, you know, Australia's one of the largest uh, horse-drawn carriage factories as well. 
our arts and culture scenes to be to be admired with our first coat uh, festival that ran for three years with our murals that are around on the walls. You know that they're still a regular occurrence on on social media with people visiting and they take shots at any time of the year. Our Empire Theatre, the largest theatre in regional Australia, uh, you know, it, it's magnificent just to go in and have a look at. Uh, but then we've got our wonderful little townships. The Australian uh, Camp Hutton Festival is on the first weekend in, in October in Milmera. Uh, it's every two years. It's, it's a spectacular event. You know, Hampton Food Festival is, is only a month or so ago. Um, our, our dams, you know, there's great fishing in our dams. There's, so there's a whole, lot of, a whole raft of things people can see and do. Uh, and thankfully, we've got, we're starting to get a, a culture of tourism. Takes a fair bit, and our biggest challenge is having locals believe that we are a tourism destination for people to stop for a few days. Uh, so we need more locals to become ambassadors. We've got a wonderful visitor information centre volunteer group who do an awesome job. They need help as well. So individuals becoming tourists in our own backyard and telling the story is very powerful. Um, just to just to kind of end on, um, after your time in politics or time in council rather is comes to an end, how would you like to be remembered? What legacy would you like to have left behind? You know, I would hope that my legacy would be my fundamental beliefs, which is. Every day, I have a reminder that I need to be great. Grateful, respectful, have an energetic attitude and be tolerant. And if I can tick off on those five things and I can be remembered as being a great person for those reasons, I will have achieved what I set out to achieve. All right, thanks, Councillor McDonald, for joining. I hope it was a, a good experience. <laughs> good on you, Matt.